listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. We are in 1 John 2, 7 through 11. Uh, and it's also printed in the order of worship there. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the letter of 1 John. 1 John, in, in this letter of 1 John, John is writing to these people around us. It's not a specific church. It's just Christians around him in his area. Uh, and he's trying to describe to them who Jesus was and what he really was about. And just like today's world, there were a lot of people in John's day that, that, that were getting it wrong. Uh, even in the churches, they were getting the, either who Jesus was wrong or getting the message of Jesus wrong. And it was causing a lot of division in these churches around him. So here you have Jesus. Jesus just left. And the disciples are going out in these churches and, and, and all these things are happening. And there's already divisions about who Jesus was and his message. And, and the same thing today. I mean, you look at the... If, if you notice, it, there's a lot of different churches that... Are talking about different things and different messages and uh, and this is one of the things that if we don't understand the message of Jesus it could potentially go out a church like ours if we're not on the same page about this today the specific point he's going to be talking about is how people understood the law of God or com the commands of God and, and what is God actually commanding so that's what we're going to talk about today so let's read our passage John says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning. And the old commandment is the word that you have heard. Talking about the Bible. And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing you, which is true in him and in you, because darkness is passing away, and true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, help us to look to these words today and send your Holy Spirit upon this room, a spirit of truth, a spirit of authority, and a, and a, and a spirit that that penetrates the, our hearts and our souls. Help us to be open to what you have us to hear today. And in Jesus' name, amen. So we just mentioned Jesus, after Jesus came to earth and taught the people around him, there was confusion over what the people heard him saying and what they thought he was saying about God's commandments. And the same is true today. On one hand, people think that Jesus paid for our sins, he died on the cross. We don't have to follow the commandments because it's all about grace. On the other hand, there are still people that say, you know, God doesn't change at all. He still requires our obedience. Breaking God's law is sin. I mean, think about it in your own life. This is not just a theological proposition. Think about your own life. How do you view the commands or the laws of God? How do you, when you, when you see things that God, God is saying you need to obey, how do you receive that? What do you do with that? I mean, do you follow God's command? Do you think that following God's command is actually winning favor with God? That, you're, that, that, that in some way that you're entering into a relationship with Him? 
Do you think you have to follow his laws to be in good standing with him? Do you think that you're saying, no, God's law, and it, it doesn't change my standing or relationship with God? Or do you, when you say you mess up, you say, God, i got to start all over again. God doesn't love me like he used to. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe you're, you're saying, no, no, James, I've grown up around this idea that when I believe in God and what Jesus did for my sins, it's about love and grace. God knows my struggles with sin, and, he, and it's really just about my relationship with him. Is following God's do's and don'ts in the Bible really that big of a deal if Jesus paid it all anyway? You see where all these things come in and they collide together and, and why people would be confused on if we don't have to earn favor with God, and we talk about that all the time, so why do we even have to think about God's commands at all? Well, John's passage is going to give us a few things to look at today to help clarify this. So let's see what he has to say today. First of all, let's talk about the idea of just understanding, understanding the commandments. Like, what, what, what are these commandments? What, what's the point of these? Look at verse 7. He says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. Now, John starts by saying, everything I'm about to say is really nothing new. It ties into everything you've heard if you've ever been exposed to the Bible from the beginning. And we've talked about this before, and John's reminding you of this. Everything in the first part of the Bible, the old, what we call the Old Testament, and everything in the second part of the Bible after Jesus came is the same message. And I don't know what you, if you've grown up in a church like this, but some people have grown up in churches where they get this impression that in the Old Testament you have this this, this Father Tom kind of figure of wrathful, holy, uh, you know, God that's just a, kind of a tyrant. And just, you know, raining fire from hell, you know, heaven down and, and, and sending people to hell. And then you have Jesus comes along. And the, the New Testament is totally different. And you have this nice, kind, forgiving, loving Jesus that represents a, a, a different idea. But here's the thing. That's simply not true. So, so what is it? What is it? that John's really trying to say. He's saying, from the beginning, the Old Commandment, the New Commandment, all this is one and the same thing. Jesus discussed this last week. He said, listen, I mean, John discussed this last week. He said, if you love God, you will obey His commandments. But here's the thing. Obeying God's commandments is not proving how much you love God. Obeying His commandments is a result of you loving God. See that you see the difference. You've got to see the difference there. And the last uh, the sermon I talked about the idea that as a child, I hated when I would say, "Why do I have to do this?" And my parents said, "Because I told you so." Like I, I, it drove me nuts. But now I'm going to tell you the other side of that story, because when I became older and I became a father myself, not only that, I did use that phrase. <laughs> But, but I'm going to tell you the, the rest of the story on that, and that is, uh, when I became a father, I realized I was wrong in that in some ways, because, uh, let me give you an example of this, because as I, as I thought about my parents, looking back at what, how many times they said that, it wasn't that they were trying to obscure it, but I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize, and, and they didn't, weren't able to explain to me as a child the love and the protection and all the things that they really wanted me to be about of why they asked me that. And then when I became a father, my daughter, if you know her at all, she's adventurous. She's always been very curious. And when she was old enough to walk around our house, I was very direct about the thing, very harsh with her about one thing, the fireplace. 
that she, it was something about the fireplace that, you know, number one, when she just got where she could walk, it looked like she was always, gravity was like pulling her into the fireplace every time. Like, no, no. But then as she got older, more and more she was intrigued by it, right? And then she wanted to go in and she wanted to get close to it. Now, why did I tell her? Why was I harsh on her? Why did I say, do not go close to the fireplace? Not because I didn't want her to have fun. Not because I wanted to limit her exploration of the world or squelch her as a human being. No, it was because I didn't want her to hurt herself and cause harm to her body. At that point, it felt harsh when I told her. And it felt like somebody just telling me no. But later, I re but later she realized I was just protecting her. These are what the commands of God are like. There's some commands that you're not going to understand at the time why he commands them. But as you learn the heart of the Father, you're going to know more and more that he's not trying to squelch or limit you. He's actually introducing you to a better life. To understand the role that God's commandments play, we have to understand this next point here and how, the, how these point to a, a relationship with Jesus. Roman number two here, understanding Christ. Look at what he says in verse 8. At the same time, this is, no, this is a new commandment that I'm writing you. He just said it. He's not writing a new commandment, so what's he talking about here? Well, we're about to see. Which is true in him, he's talking about Jesus, and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. So what's the, why is he saying there, I'm not writing a new commandment, I'm writing a new commandment? What is this? What John is saying is this. What I'm about to tell you is going to sound new to you. Because when Jesus came, he shed light on the Bible in a way that brought clarity like nobody else could. Remember, when Jesus came, the religious people of the day, the religious system, had taken everything that God commanded and made it into a system of do's and don'ts. And in their mind, you had to serve God by following those commands. And if not, then they would say, God doesn't love you. Or you're not in right standing with God. Jesus and John both say, you're in darkness if you think that. The true light, Jesus came into the world to remind us that it was always about, from the beginning of time, from the Ten Commandments on, all of them, it was always about a relationship with the Father versus a religious checklist to try and win the Father's love. So, if that's all true, then what's the role of the commandments? And if you don't get this part right here, there's really primarily three roles of, of commandments, laws in the Bible, which means every time you look at a thou shalt not in the Bible or a commandment by God, you've got to be thinking these things. If not, you're never going to get to the point where John's saying there's a freedom in this and it's not bondage. First of all, the, 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 first, the first thing is this. The reason God gave his law is to share his heart, to share who he was as a person. Think about it like this, and we've talked about this before. When God says, thou shalt not murder, it's not, it, that's not really the point. The point is, why does God say you shouldn't murder? Because God loves life. Why does God love life? Because he is life. Jesus said, I'm the way, truth, and life. You see the difference? One is a, one is a rule. Another is just a principle, which you, you, can, you can still be in bondage to. The last is a person in that. Or you can look at the idea like don't bear false witness. Basically, don't lie. Why not lie? Because God loves truth. Why does he love truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this is what we're saying. It's not just about the idea 
of do's and don'ts here. Every law you look at in the Bible is Jesus uh, and, and God doing a gravitational pull of your heart to the person of who Jesus is. If you get stuck on the rules, it's just all going to be about legalism, duty, and you're going to come to hate God. I go, I'm going to promise you. But if you see through that, when David said, I delight in your law, that's what David was talking about because he saw something about God. And God is trying to show you something through all of that. The second purpose is not only just to show the heart of God, but the second purpose is he's trying to guide and protect and teach us, just like I was talking about with my daughter earlier. See, the commandments of God are designed to keep you out of the ditches and, and, and keep you on a thriving path in life. If you see the commandments as life denying versus life affirming, you are not getting it. Again, God's saying, these are things that I just want to show you that there's a better life to live. We're going to talk about that more in a moment. And then last thing, ultimately the commandments are about pointing to Jesus. When you're faced with a commandment, it shouldn't be, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to earn your favor, God. It should be, God, I can't do this. There's no way I can follow these laws. That should be your, your, that should be your reaction there. By showing us how we cannot follow it and how we fail, only then are we in a position where we're like, and you know what? And because of that, we need a Savior. Because we're not perfect, we always blow it, and we're messed up. We need somebody to do it for us because we can't do it. All these laws that you see are a reminder of how many times you can fail and will fail in your life. And that's okay. God accounted for that in His Son. And He's saying, depend on my Son and His work and not on your own work. See, all the commands in the Bible Every one of them are grounded in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who they are pouring out to us, who they are, and at the same time pointing us back to them. And when you get to that point, it doesn't feel like legalism anymore. It doesn't feel like duty. It doesn't feel like a checklist of do's and don'ts. It can't be religion anymore. It's all about relationship in that. Which brings us to our last point, understanding companionship. So we've been talking about our relationship with God in, in, in the Trinity. Now let's, let's talk about our relationship with others, um, the effect of it. Roman numeral three, understanding companionship. Verse nine says, whoever says he's in the light hates his brother still in darkness. Remember last week I said, you know, if you say you love God but you don't love your brother, you're a liar. I mean, John's pretty straight up about these. Look at verse 10. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. As we said, the commandment is only new that John's talking about here because people didn't get it right the first time. And what is that command? What's the, what's the command that he's talking about that's, that's not new? It's been there from the beginning. But it's also Jesus shed better light on it. That command to love, that's it. I mean, Jesus already, and you, you remember when the Pharisees and the other religious leaders came up to him, and they asked him, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Because we want to follow it, and we want to be in good standing with God. Or they're trying to trick him because they're always fighting over what the best commandments are. And Jesus said, when they asked him that question, what is the greatest commandment? said, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself, period. Sums it all up. See, John keeps coming back to this idea of this walking in the light and walking with the darkness. What does that have to do with love? Why is he tying it all together? Well, this is what I'm saying. It's a reminder of how he, how he is using it. 
See, walking in the light means walking with God. We've already said sharing life with God in the way that He designed our lives. We have purpose, purpose, meaning, and direction. John keeps reminding us that the result of walking in the light. How do you know you're walking in the light? Love. He keeps reminding us that he's very adamant about that. Darkness is the opposite. Where you fumble around, you stumble around, you're always anxious, frustrated, and constantly with, at odds with the people around you. Usually, and especially the closest people in your lives. Or those that are very, very different from you and hard to love. See, the, the connection's not as easy for us to see in America. Because here's how we think of ourselves in America. We like to pretend that we're self-made men and women, that we've pulled ourselves up to the bookstraps. We really don't need anybody. We often think uh, that we don't need anybody's help. You know, we, we really think that we would be okay without the church. We can just watch TV uh, at, at home or just read our Bibles by ourselves. We like to pretend that, that, that we don't need that. We're kind of a don't tread on me kind of people. Uh, we'll go it alone. Just leave me alone. Thank you very much. It's my life. It's my body. It's my person. They're all mine and mine alone. And we think that we can make it through life like we're some kind of independent contractor. And that we're our own bodies. And as a result, here's what usually happens. We live in a delusion that our relationships have no effect on the way our lives are, are run. We really think our relationships are not that big a deal. We really think if our relationships around us are terrible, that we still can just push through it and it make it irrelevant. But that couldn't be further from the truth. And John makes it very clear that it's not the case. If we are constantly in a position that we resent the people around us, if we're, we constantly see ourselves as full of envy and anger and bitterness and discord, if our speech with other people uh, is always sprinkled with a little gossip or snarky hatefulness or defensiveness or slander, then John says it's not going to be easy for us because we are walking in darkness. Hatred is the way to darkness. And in darkness, you can't help but trip and fall. Hatred and resentment makes us look like fools, clouding our judgment and deeply affecting our relationships. So let me end with a few questions here. Do you find yourself in relationships or, or your household in constant turmoil? How do you talk to your spouse or your, or your children most of the time? And I'm not saying we do it all perfect. Nobody in here is doing it perfectly. Don't get me wrong. But do you see a constant pattern of conflict with people that you work with? Do you really enjoy the people? In, the, in our church? Or is it just people really that you just tolerate? Maybe at some point we have to look out and we have to look around and realize the problem's not with everybody else. Maybe the problem is with me. See, um, let me read this one thing Jesus uh, wrote later in John. He said, everyone that believes in, in Jesus um, is is the Christ is born of God. Everybody loves the Father and loves his children well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving his command, loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love is love for God to keep his commands. And listen to this last thing. His commands are not burdensome. Jesus says the commands of God are not a burden. So how do you get to the point? This is our ending point. How do you get to the point? or the commands of God, when you look at them in the Bible, and you try to live them out of your life, are not a burden, but they're actually a joy. Well, if you want to know if your love for others 
is really real and for real. You have to grapple with the idea that God loved us when we were unlovable. Meaning, when you were at your worst, God said, it didn't matter. This is why I said my son. Even in times that you realize, not only do I love God, but I, not only do I not love God, but I, I don't understand God. You ever been in those places in your life? Where you say, God, I, I don't, in fact, I hate you, God, for the situation you've got me in, for the circumstances you've got me in, for where I am in life, for what I see you doing, this, allowing to happen to some of my family members. And then you begin to say that, and, and, and you realize God still loves me, even though I'm having those emotions, and even though I'm thinking about that in my life. And then when you're honest, and you rest in God's love, only then are you able to love others, because that rest that you have, God is talking about here is as you rest in that love, the overflow of that love that you have with God, that's the only way you're going to be able to love others. You can't give what you haven't received. Meditate on that as we receive communion this morning. Let's pray. Holy God, uh, life is hard and um, we are so many times not a loving people. Um, a lot of times, it's not just that we're loving, we're resentful. Um, we are dismissive of other people and their feelings. Uh, we act like uh, we don't have to care about that. Lord, you're saying all of those things affect our soul. And Lord, we know that we can only love the way you call us to love unconditionally is when we receive your unconditional love and realize that uh, the, the people around us that are so hard to love are the same type of people that we are, and you still love us in spite of that. Thank you for your son. In his name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.